Welcome to Get World Savvy. This is a business and tech podcast on startup ecosystems around the world, the entrepreneurs innovating in global markets and predicting opportunities of the future. On Get World Savvy, we have fascinating conversations with some of the top leaders, disruptors, and creators in tech and tech-enabled businesses across industries and geographies. You'll learn about where the world is moving, growth strategies, and how that translates to your business and home market. I am your host, Ivy Shu. I previously worked in Silicon Valley and spent all of 2019 traveling to 16 emerging markets to interview tech leaders and to expand my playbook on building successful companies. I have no intention of stopping this journey and I can't wait to share all my learnings with you on this podcast. You can join the listener community based in over five continents and working in over 20 industries by going to getworldsavvy.com slash podcast. We hold weekly trainings on tangible skills that will help you scale your business and up-level your career, like digital marketing, how to partner with tech giants, moving from product management to entrepreneurship and back to product management, and developing web accessibility for your website for users with disabilities, just to name the trainings that are happening in May. You'll also get to connect and network with over 100 global leaders in tech. Welcome to another solo episode with me. It is episode 17. Today, I'm here to talk about Instagram and WeChat, but mostly Instagram. I'm going to be getting an expert on the podcast to talk about WeChat in itself, but today, I really want to emphasize that this podcast is all about learning from different regions, taking different lessons and strategies from different markets and applying it to our home markets or finding out about international problems that need to be solved and that can inspire us to either go work abroad or expand our businesses. That is the purpose of Get World Savvy. And I am super, super interested right now on the current state of self-employed and business owners, especially small business owners, leveraging social media in order to grow their businesses because I am trying to grow Kaluin. And because of that, I have been obsessing over Instagram lately as I build out Kaluin. So for all of you guys that don't know, Kaluin is my baby right now. It's a course hosting platform for arts and fitness instructors like yoga teachers, dance teachers, visual art teachers, and the like. And where do all these instructors hang out? They hang out on Instagram, along with like over a billion people in the world. Instagram has easily changed into my main sales and marketing platform for Kaluin. And my thoughts around Instagram have also changed a lot over the last year as I moved from being just a consumer of the platform to being a creator as I build out my career coaching business. But because it was career coaching, I mostly use LinkedIn. And now with Kaluin, which is more of a creator and fitness instructor platform, Instagram is my go-to platform now. I used to love LinkedIn. Now that we mention it, it's such a new platform without a lot of content creators on it. Every post I made easily got like 2,000, 3,000 plus views, and it still does. And that's just to start with some of my best posts generating over 40,000 plus views. And that's about once or twice a week, one post actually of mine goes viral. I do spend a lot of time thinking about how to deliver value and the right copywriting, but it is definitely generating much better results in terms of exposure than my personal Instagram, which might get like 500 max a thousand views per post. So not only was the exposure great on LinkedIn, it was 
specific, really relevant to my personal brand and this podcast, Get World Savvy. I mean, all of you guys, you listeners are professionals and you all hopefully have LinkedIn. My consulting clients, which are more e-commerce focused, that appreciate my background in e-commerce when I was in Silicon Valley, can find me on LinkedIn. My career coaching students, which are non-technicals who want to break into tech, can find me there as well. And my posts are really just mega amplified on LinkedIn. I love it. However, LinkedIn to me is still more of a billboard. It doesn't have a lot of features to actually build out relationships. A billboard being if I post, a lot of people will see it. They might get drawn to my profile. Maybe they'll add me and then we can DM. And it's hard to keep that conversation up to really have different touch points on this relationship, especially if it's not a relationship that's useful to either of us right now. And let's face it, building relationships with your customers and your potential clients is the most important thing for bringing in sales and recurring income to pretty much any business. LinkedIn is still new as a really popular social media platform and most of the tools have been built for primarily recruiting purposes. Why is that bad for relationship building, you might ask. And LinkedIn Live, for example, has been in beta for over a year. And I've tried to apply three times and been rejected three times for requesting to get access to LinkedIn Live so that I can go live on LinkedIn because I love talking about networking. I love talking about career opportunities. I love talking about what we can learn from emerging markets. This is the perfect content. What we talk about on Get World Savvy is just perfect for LinkedIn. Like, hello, I want to create content for your platform. But I was rejected so many times and not a lot of people have it. And they recently took away articles from the profile page, making it really hard to find content in general produced by someone when you go visit someone's profile. So it's really hard to get to know someone beyond being an online resume, which I know that LinkedIn's trying not to be other than just a few highlighted pieces that are featured on the platform, right? On the profile right now. And any posts with, again, as I said, native video and sharing someone else's post, like re-sharing it, doesn't get as much exposure. That's things that I've tested and I've been posting on LinkedIn every day for months. Those are just algorithm problems, sure, that they can fix and I'm sure they'll figure it out, but there's just not a lot of opportunities right now to interact with your network other than through DM or commenting on their posts if they post. And it's really hard to search whether they post. They just have to organically show up on your feed. So your only option is just that. And you only see like 10% of your connections updates, just like every other platform. And when you compare that with Instagram, you see the feed on Instagram, you can see live videos, IGTV has a separate feed, you can see their stories, you can DM them, and there's a lot of features within DM. And then also within stories, there are small opportunities to have those micro connections, such as putting on a vote, putting on polls, requests for interactions like DMing, there's a sticker for that now too, that really create frictionless ways to start a conversation with your customers. And that's really good for relationship building. You can also see exactly who participated in story interactions, who viewed your story, who viewed your live videos, and this allows for even more interactions and conversation starters. You can say, hey, I saw that you viewed my story or that you were on my live. And then you can start a conversation around that, right? So within the DM, there are also fun ways to express yourself, like stickers and GIFs. And you can even do a video or audio call just within the DM, which LinkedIn doesn't 
allow you to do right now, but both allow for voice notes, which also add a personal touch. Highly recommend everyone use that feature. It's really gotten me a lot of more humanized, more, I guess, real meaningful connections. People are always surprised when I send them a voice note, but a caveat to that, a recommendation tip is definitely lead every voice note with a piece of text saying that I'm about to switch over to voice note. This is what I'm going to talk about. And then end your voice note section with another piece of text highlighting the main points so that you don't catch people off guard. People don't know. Some people get really nervous. I've heard this kind of feedback of when you open a voice note, you don't know what to expect, right? So it's always good to give the person that you're talking to what to expect, but then also respecting their time that sometimes they might listen to a voice note and then not be able to get back to it right now. So it's always good to leave that text so that they can get back to it and it's easier to track as well. So LinkedIn honestly seems pretty hopelessly bland to me right now, but it's really important to know where you put your pillar content, which is the content you do to attract and reach the most people, AKA LinkedIn for me right now, because I could just get so many views and then what your nurturing and relationship building platform is because, and I'll dive deeper into this where people want to do business with people that they like, know, and trust. And Instagram is a great relationship building platform for this as well as WeChat because there's not that many other options. And WeChat is the one-on-one messaging kind of platform and you can get to know someone through their friend stories and circles and feed. Uh, I guess, yeah, that's called a friend circle and we'll dive deeper into that. So enough dissing LinkedIn right now. This is not a LinkedIn comparison podcast. I'm just slightly frustrated at it right now because it's launching event um, features left and right. There's events going on now. I think they're trying to fix groups, but regardless, that's what it is right now. It's still a great platform. Today, I'm here to talk about why all the features that I mentioned on Instagram matter and why it's such a work of art. And I super appreciate it right now. And as a comparison, I'm going to bring in WeChat, the other best relationship building platform there is out there in the world. And we'll talk about how each is used, top tactics for both, and what strategies I personally haven't seen yet used on WeChat that, uh, sorry, that what strategies is used on WeChat that isn't used yet on Instagram. So this podcast is actually going to be split into two parts. So this is part one, what you're listening to right now, and it's going to be on awareness and attraction strategies for Instagram and WeChat and what we can learn to better get your potential audience and prospects to find out about you, know you, and then be able to attract them to follow you. And then part two, which will air in two weeks, my next solo podcast will be on the best practices for nurturing relationships on the platform. And today we'll focus more on what is relationship building, why is this important for business that we'll get into, and then mostly Instagram because on WeChat, WeChat's more of a nurturing platform after you attract an audience from different platforms. And same with Instagram, but we'll be talking about WeChat a lot more in the second part. We'll touch on WeChat a little bit in this podcast. I'm just giving you guys a little bit of, you know, setting expectations, as I mentioned with the voice chat. So before we continue this conversation, it's first important to understand some business fundamentals. Why are these platforms so important for business? So in order to understand that, number one, why is relationship building important? 
People are more likely to do business with people that they like, know, and trust. We are all more likely to buy from a brand that we relate to because their messaging speaks to us, because we align with their values, and because we feel like they care about us. And brands make this happen by consistently putting out a brand message, by being responsive, engaging, and when we interact almost as friends. And what better place to interact just like friends than Instagram, where you also follow your friends. There is something called the marketer's rule of seven. The rule of seven means that studies show that a prospect needs to hear an advertiser's message seven times before they'll take action to buy a product or service. So let's say that the first time they see the product or service is on a billboard, whether online or offline, you might see an ad on Facebook, then they see you talk about it on your stories or an ad on Instagram, in a post, their friends might talk about it. Those all count as the rule of seven, including when the prospect might even go seek out information on your product or service for themselves. So by bringing them from an observer, that just saw an ad into a follower is really essential so that they keep seeing your message pop up so they eventually make that purchase and you can convert that into a sale. So, okay, we need to build relationships and relationships of trust where we all know each other, they understand you and they like you. The second business fundamental to keep in mind as we dive deeper is more of a trend on how relationships are built these days. We are shifting in almost every part of the world the boom of brands being revolved around a person. This is because brands need personality. They need to have character. And the easiest way to do that, I think, is to associate it with a real life human whose core values and traits are expressed through different things. Different things would be like the brand touch points. So for example, the way you dress as a person, if you are, you actually are a personal brand, and we can talk more about that later, is the brand look and feel. The way that you dress becomes the brand look and feel. The job you choose becomes your brand market, where you want to operate. Your friends are the target audience. And of course, what you buy becomes your brand associations. And all that forms as a whole you. And this is especially important actually in China regarding WeChat and even TikTok. If you go listen to Fabian's episode on TikTok, we talk a lot about how creator brands and are, are just revolved around the creator. It's not a brand that's successful now, it's if you can lift an individual up and people like this individual, likes their brand look and feel, their market, their target audience, etc. they can sell anything and more than one thing. So more than ever, people want to see that there's a real life human behind every brand. It shows accountability. It shows that someone is there to take care of you and personal content is so important in generating trust. This is why when I worked at Wish in partnerships, and it was a really, really big company, I traveled almost every week to see our strategic partners around the world. That in-person contact, for them to know who is helping them with their account, that they trust me, really helps develop this level of collaboration that wouldn't be seen if all interactions were just emails. They don't know what I look like. They don't know what I feel and act like. They don't know how we can interact together. And that is why it's so important to have all these different touch points that show a brand off as a whole. And this is where Instagram does such a great job. For example, the feed can be mostly well curated on brand content. And we're in the stories we can see behind the scenes and get to know the personality of the brand and the people behind it. You also have so many ways to interact with your community and conversation starters. 
Finally, the third concept I'd like to bring forward before we begin discussion on the top Instagram tips and best practices is the idea of private domain traffic. That is not borrowed traffic, but your own. So the purpose of being on any social media platform or any marketplace like Amazon, even if you are a product-based company like Instagram and WeChat social media is that there are a lot of users over 1 billion on each platform. These platforms are like traffic pools. You can continuously find your customers on these platforms because they are an endless supply of potential customers. However, the platform controls whether the information you want to share with these potential customers is seen. So for example, on Instagram, it's about using the right hashtags or ads to get in front of your customers. On WeChat, it's whether you can write a viral article or again, ads. All the users on the platform is really no use to you unless you can get seen. So the task for brands and businesses is to turn this public traffic that belongs on these platforms, that belongs to Zuckerberg and belongs to Tencent and turn that into private domain traffic to your, for your company. So private domain traffic means that you have access to your customers when you want, no matter what you share and on your own terms, you don't have to pay to reach them. And before the age of social media, this private domain traffic was your Rolodex of client emails, phone numbers, and family addresses to send physical ads. When you want to reach out to them, you can call them, text them, send an email, or send physical mail to them. You can send them multiple types of ads, hit them multiple times. Remember that rule of seven, right? They can buy both the toothbrush and then you send them some more because they're within your private traffic and you retarget them. And then they can also buy that comb after a while that you also sell. In many enterprises and large companies, most customer relationship management still happens via phone calls and emails. However, in China, emerging markets, and small businesses everywhere in the world, including North America, it happens on WeChat, Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp. It becomes more of social customer relationship management. This is why building an email list or getting more followers that you can DM with, without Instagram flagging you as a bot or spam, building out private communities within Facebook groups or all the other community platforms out there and chat rooms on social media is so popular right now because you guarantee that your audience will see that message. With private domain traffic, you can easily retarget and nurture users. And we'll talk about nurturing and how to do that in the next episode in two weeks. It does take, however, a lot of digital EQ to build this trust and not overwhelm the user with unsolicited promotions. And the age of new, the new age of private domain traffic is much better than emails, right? Although emails are still used, email is one-way communication, whereas on social media, you can build a community. People who like the same things can come together and amplify your brand. You can use community for customer support, for user-generated content, for testing additional products, and so much more. You can think of it like a shopping mall. You might be able to attract 5,000 people. So you're there running ads, running um, discounts and purposes to attract people in. And that's really, really expensive, right? The reason that private traffic is so popular right now is because ad costs are so high that when you attract them in, you really need to retain this customer and make sure that they become a repeat purchaser. And how do you do that? It's about giving them value and content even when you're not selling. Okay. Now that we have established what role relationship building social media platforms play for a brand, whether personal or business, let's talk about some best practices. 
actually one last thing. <laughs> I want to share the sheer surprise and just being mind blown that these platforms like Instagram have managed to enable millions of small businesses. From one man, one woman shops, just thinking about the hundreds of coaches that I've personally come across that started their service-based businesses with zero dollars and just started creating that valuable content, growing and nurturing their audience and selling their expertise. Then there's the people in China doing dropshipping factories, connecting goods to the right audience. It's just wild. People in emerging countries and even in the US for new businesses use Instagram as their storefront. They might not even have a website and their link in bio is to WhatsApp where the user can pay to get a good shipped. This week I had a call with a dance teacher who is now social distancing with her studios closed. She teaches classes on Zoom and was saying that she is so fortunate because she has over 7,000 followers on Instagram and her classes are always full to 70, 100 people attending each class and she offers class two to four times a week. And it's all thanks to the following and private traffic that she's nurtured and built so that no matter whether she's hosting offline classes or online classes or online memberships with Kaluan, she will be able to use that audience again and again. It's so easy to start a business today. Whatever your passion or expertise is, you can build an audience around it. You beat competition by niching down and targeting that very specific customer that you can solve a problem for. The world is so big and there's enough for all of us. Okay, enough about that. Let's get into the juicy, more tactical tactics. I'm going to break down the practices into three sections based on the sales and marketing funnel. So number one, at the top of the funnel, how do you use Instagram and WeChat for awareness to help people find you and then attract them to follow you? And then further down the funnel, the mid funnel, it's the best practices on nurturing the prospect after they follow you. Like I mentioned, how do you provide value to people? How do you keep people engaged? And number three, driving traffic, uh, sorry, number three, driving conversions and sales. The question on everyone's mind is how do I get more followers, right? When it comes to awareness and attraction. So let's break that down and split awareness and attraction first, because they're two different tasks, getting people to know you exist. And then once they do find you interesting enough that they want to keep in touch are completely two different things. So within awareness, you can break that down further into helping your audience find you and reaching out directly to your target audience. For you reaching out to your target audience, this is more of a sales strategy topic, but you have lots of opportunities to nurture a cold lead from liking their posts, commenting on their posts, commenting on their stories, following and sending a direct DM. So actually when I find a great prospect and I do this by looking at what kind of hashtags and I'm going to go into hashtag strategy. That's actually my first tip on optimizing hashtags, but I would go in and look at what hashtags are my ideal audience's interests, problems, or their location. I would find them because I already built out a persona. And then as soon as I find someone that meets the expectations, so for Kaluan, it is really the user that has a big following ready. So I'm looking for at least over 3000 to 5,000 followers because it'll be much easier for them to sell a course because they already have a business and a following who's willing to purchase from them again and again with that private domain traffic. Right. And I'm looking for a yoga dance, art, music instructor. So once I find those, I can find them through hashtags. I can find them through competitor 
like Kajabi, Thinkific, Teachable, et cetera, who was commenting, who was following my competitors, and then also joining different communities, whether that be Instagram chat rooms, Facebook groups that are very targeted towards yoga teachers or dance teachers, such as I'm in a group that is Dance Studios Ottawa. So that's a lot of dance teachers within Ottawa, which is where I'm based right now, are in. And from there, I will try to interact with people directly. So if it's on Instagram through the competitors and through hashtags, I would go in like a whole bunch of their posts. I go really, really hard, look really, really thirsty. I like at least five in different orders. And then I will leave a really hearty comment. If they have this story going on, I would leave a hearty comment there as well to show significant interest. And then I would click follow and then send them a DM. So all that around showing interest in what they do and then slowly turning that into a sales practice. And then if it's on a, in, within a community, I would try to add value within that community first and then hop on one of those Instagram threads where everyone shares Instagrams and then do the same thing as I do with hashtags and competitors. Just go really, really hard, look really, really thirsty, show a lot of interest and then slowly turn that conversation from talking about them and their business and my interest in helping them with their business into trying to bring onboard them onto Codewin. And you can find your target audience through that way, through hashtags, followers of competitors, or even just going down the rabbit hole of similar accounts, because you can look at similar accounts when you're on one profile. There's a little arrow next to, I think it's like follow email and then a little arrow, something like that. And um, that will show you all the similar target audience, uh, similar profiles as the one that you're looking at. And of course, joining communities, whether on and off Instagram. Now, the more interesting side is there are a lot of ways to try to get seen by your audience. So that's more of inbound, right? Um, marketing strategies. And there's several ways. You have your posts. And the way to get your posts seen by new people is via discovery, via hashtags, or someone sharing your post, or if you collaborate with a different account. So I'm going to give you three hot tips to help you get discovered. Number one is optimize your hashtags. Instagram wants to give relevant content to the right people. They also want to make sure that you are not spamming and you are not a bot. What this means is that if you use the same hashtags on repeated posts, Instagram will decide either that you are a bot or that the hashtags you picked are not relevant to the photo because if you use the same hashtags for every photo, they can't possibly be highly relevant for all of your photos. Hashtags also have sizes. This is the number of times that the hashtag has been used, so number of posts. For example, if you search up hashtag business, by the time that I'm recording this podcast, you'll see that the number of photos that have that hashtag is 62,160,810 posts. This is a huge hashtag. This means that if you try to use that hashtag, you're competing against at least hundreds of new posts per minute or per 30, 60 minutes, and your post will get pushed to the bottom in no time and no one will see it. So it's important that when you post, use a mixture of small hashtags, under 20,000, medium-sized hashtags between 20 to 100,000, large hashtags 100 to 500,000, and mega large hashtags over 500,000. Now the best number of percentage is debatable on what percentage to use for each hashtag, but the smaller you're following, the less engagement that you naturally get because you just don't have a lot of people following you and seeing it, it would be much easier for you to trend and show up on the top posts 
when for a hashtag if it's a smaller hashtag. So I actually use 50% of my hashtags under 20 or 50,000, and then the rest is divided gradually smaller and smaller. I probably only put one hashtag per set of over 500,000. And I definitely don't use all 30 hashtags. If you use all 30 hashtags allowable, that also might get you flagged as a bot. But the key here is to make sure that you use targeted hashtags for each different post and then also to mix up your hashtags. And the more niche the hashtag, the better. So let's go back to talk about how to make sure that your hashtags are most relevant. When you build out your list and you can for 60 to 200 hashtags that you'll mix up and use again and again, think of everything from who you are, like what you identify as. So for me, that's like female entrepreneur or a podcaster, the skills that you teach. So for me, that's business tech, networking strategy, and then your mission, which is for me, global tech, global career opportunities. I want to share that with the world and that's for Get World Savvy, right? So you think about yourself because most likely you're going to be posting at least partially about you. People want to know the you behind your business or you as a personal brand. So you want to focus on what you identify as, your titles, your skills, as well as your mission. And then the second category that you want to think about is your audience. What are their interests? What are their problems and where are they based? So thinking about interests, it's what else are they interested in? What other hashtags might they be following? So since I'm targeting, you know, big city entrepreneurs, tech people, they might also be interested in sustainability, health and wellness and startups. You think about the problems your target audience might have as well. So for example, for me, it might be career inspiration, entrepreneurship, and finally the location of your audience. So hashtags around for me, Silicon Valley, or Startup India, Startup Indonesia, etc. The final category is the services that you offer. So if you're a coach or you are an e-commerce brand or a podcast, then hashtags around that. And then finally, what kind of content and solution do you offer? So that can be a recipe book, an ebook, a podcast, a YouTube video, a free course, and or a guide to hashtags, right? So those are the hashtags that you want to think about. And of course, miscellaneous hashtags. And these are things that are require more research down the line. They can be trends that's happening in your industry right now, or they can be events that your target audience might be participating in. These are best hashtag practice to get you on the top page for hashtags and then also trending on discovery because to trend on discovery, it's about the people who click on your post, who follow that hashtag. So it shows clear relevancy. My second hot tip on how to get discovered is around creating shareable content. If one of the best ways to get discovered is by getting people to share what your posts, so people that already follow you to share your posts, then you make it, then you need to make it really easy for them to share it. What tends to work well are viral graphics. So, you know, those posts with an inspirational quote or a tip and then also carousel because that keeps people on Instagram and that's what Instagram likes or multiple posts where a user has to scroll through with a tip on each one, right? So make the design really simple and easy to fit any brand for sharing. If someone wants to stay on brand for them to share your content on their stories. Also make sure you write a call to action in your text to share and save it. So these are posts that are viral. They can apply to anyone and people are more willing to share something like that than perhaps a photo of you. And then once someone shares what you post on their stories, their audience can click in to check your post and profile and make sure you reshare that because that shows that you're in demand, right? And people will be more drawn to this post. My final hot tip 
on how to get discovered is to collaborate. Now, this can be as simple as you giving a shout out. So this isn't, doesn't even need to be two-way collaboration. You can shout out someone like one of your mentors. You can shout out someone that you learned from. You can shout out someone that you had a conversation with because as soon as you tag them and they reshare their audience, will also see it. And everyone loves resharing content that makes them look good. So if they get a shout out, you'll most likely get seen. But it can also be as simple as like what I'm doing right now as I podcast, I interview people, they also share it on their platform. Of course, when you do these shout outs or when you work with influencers, when you reach out, you want to make sure that you're working with someone kind of on par with you. So influencers with a lot of followers might not be the best to work with. Someone with a million followers might not work with you. If you have under 1000, it's probably not likely the best way to go. And even with partnerships and collaboration, it's still about relationship building. It's about engaging, interacting on a human level. Don't make it so transactional. Know this person first. It's best to work with anyone within your existing network. And we'll get to that in the nurturing piece in two weeks. Now let's talk about how companies are found on WeChat. So now that we've given these three hot tips on how to best get discovered on Instagram, let's see what the Chinese are doing. So there are two main ways on the platform and off the platform for WeChat, getting discovered within the platform and off the platform. Unlike Instagram on WeChat, you cannot find users. You can only see people who have agreed to connect on your feed. The search feature can only find mini programs, official accounts, which are business accounts, official accounts equals business accounts and articles. So meaning a user can find you as a business if they hear about you, but you cannot find normal users. The only way to get discovered then on the platform is through creating bomb ass content that either goes viral, is searched or is shared in private circles. So word of mouth. So writing quickly on trending keywords like the recent news or hot search terms, like I'm sure COVID-19 was a very hot search term in China in January, and even certain TV shows using that kind of recent trending in whatever industry, it's kind of like jumping on trending hashtags as soon as possible as well. You have to write about what people are searching for. There are two types of official accounts as well. WeChat service accounts and WeChat subscription accounts. WeChat service accounts are allowed to only post four posts per month, so four articles, but they can send their followers or connections, the people that they're actually no, just their followers. So you can follow official accounts and people that they're basically connected with a message directly into their main chat. So WeChat is kind of like messenger. It's a chat platform and service accounts, although they can't post that many times, they end up straight up into an inbox. WeChat subscription accounts, which is the other type of business official account are allowed to post every single day. So a new post, new um, it can be a short or long article, or it can just be a photo gallery. That's what I mean by posts. But their messages for subscription accounts get bucketed under one chat room along with all the subscription accounts that a user might follow. And it becomes this like chat room called subscriptions. When they click in, they can see all the different subscriptions and what they are writing about. So it's less likely that your main message can, re can reach your user. So you better make it good and highly relevant. And even when you post in your subscription account, you cannot, the only, the only way for someone to see your article isn't even through the feed, it's just through your most recent, through the subscription and the messaging. So what I'm saying is that you, 
if you are on WeChat trying to make it work, trying to attract people, you better make your content really good and highly relevant. And we can actually learn a lot from these business practices that need to be used on WeChat and apply them in, on Instagram. So for example, number one, I'm going to give you five different tips around attracting customers on the platform for WeChat. So number one, focus on providing value. This is something, all of these things are things that you should also be doing on Instagram. Number one, focus on providing value. Content must be driven by purpose. When we produce content, the number one purpose should be first to provide the most value that you can to your reader. Imagine that you are playing a game of charades and you're unable to ask someone to follow you, but through your content, you should be providing such targeted, useful, and interesting information that the person reading is moved to follow you. So how do you do this? Tip number two, you have to know your audience. You won't get more followers unless you understand what your audience is looking for, what they are interested in, and what problems you can solve. This means digging through the analytics and looking through Instagram or WeChat. There's always back-end analytics of the age, the gender, you can ask your audience questions, and thinking of the objections and the problems your audience is experiencing and creating content like you're reading their mind. So what is their problem? Where are they at right now, point A? And where do they wanna be, point B? And what is stopping them? And that becomes your content area. Number three, send a personal message. So right now on WeChat, you can send an automated message to followers and you can actually automate a message to new followers that just start to follow you. I know that we're going more into the nurturing side, but this is something that you on Instagram, we have such a privilege because we don't need to wait for someone to follow us in order to message them. And the worst thing that someone can do is to set up a message on WeChat that says, thanks for following me. Instead, you want to set up your auto response message. So when someone follows you, you can auto message someone. I don't think this can be done on Instagram yet, but you can do this manually based on, you know, how many resources, how much resources you have. And you can do this to include a short welcome and a question. So you can ask new followers what they're interested in, what, what they hope to get from your account. Users can respond with a simple letter or number. So give them like, Hey, welcome to my account. Thank you so much for following. Um, this is what I like posting content around a, like, if you're interested in this, shoot me the number one. If you're interested in that, shoot me the number two, let me know what you would like from my account. Right? So you can give them a way to respond. That's really, really easy and low effort. And from here, you can send them another piece of content or a message to pull them further into your funnel, such as getting their email by sending them one of your freebies that require an email to get. So depending on your resources and how many new followers you get each day, you can then add a tag to your new follower based on their responses, such as on sheets, if you do CRM through Airtable or whatever you do, or get a general overview of the types of things your followers are interested in or looking for. And this will help you produce more targeted and useful content. So how does that help you get more followers? When you're able to produce highly qual when you are able to produce quality content for current followers, chances are this content will also be highly attractive to the rest of your target audience. And based on tip number one, value content moves the right people to follow you. Remember on WeChat, it's really about word of mouth. If you can impress your existing followers, they will share your content. It's about getting more shareable content as well. Tip number four, give people a reason to stay tuned. So things like 
Flash sale items announced every Wednesday at noon. Lucky draw announced every Monday. New product review every Friday. This kind of strategy is used frequently on WeChat, but also on things like YouTube in the West. Setting expectations is a great way to encourage readers to commit to following your account and look forward to your posts on certain days when you tell them, this is what I'm going to do. It doesn't have to be related to a contest or giveaway. You can publish a certain type of content like reports, the answers to a quiz, announcing new products every week at a specific time. That gives people a reason of what to expect so they're more likely to follow you. Now, tip number five, weekly, monthly, or surprise giveaways for followers. So similar to number four, you want to give the people a little something extra. You want to announce that you'll be doing weekly giveaways for followers or even new followers that say like, follower number 100 or 500, etc. And you can keep track in the back end of who is following your account. You'll be able to see this in chronological order. You can do this on both WeChat and Instagram. Set aside a small budget for coupons, discounts, products, and choose a new follower each week or month, depending on your resources and how often you post as the winner. Announce winners at the bottom of a regular post so that people know where they can find the winner each time and they sift through your content and they stay on the platform longer. Now, this doesn't need to be a big investment. If there's one thing that we know, people love shout outs and free stuff. Give winners like a free bagel, 10% off their next purchase, a poster, a handmade card from your CEO. You can get creative. As I've explained, businesses rely a lot on word of mouth for WeChat. So if a company is an offline business then, Remember that there's many ways to attract new followers. One's online, one's offline. We've talked about the online component. Now for offline, it's because every single business has WeChat, right? And same with like Instagram, there's offline and online businesses on Instagram. And if a company has an offline business with an offline storefront or an event like a pop-up or a concert, that is the best way to collect WeChats. In fact, most companies actually produce collect it this way by running just pop-ups and businesses all do this. So at most stores, if you show the cashier that you follow the account on WeChat, you usually get a discount or a free product. What this teaches us is that number six, the sixth tip, which is about offline, is that you want to cross your platforms. Well, offline businesses have offline opportunities to bring people online and then take them offline again for purchases, like sending them a discount code that's only applicable in stores, so they're more likely to purchase more things in store. Online companies can also cross platforms across YouTube, Facebook, and shout out your own Instagram for a special reward on all of your platforms. So in these offline pop-up shops, I've walked across so many different ones. Like there will be vending machines that you can get a free good if you show that you're following them on WeChat or you trigger something using WeChat Pay through their mini program, which is um, WeChat's app ecosystem that sits within WeChat. But basically saying that if you, if you give the company your WeChat, then you get some free stuff because that is actually probably a cheaper way than running ads and collecting user information. So my final tip to get discovered on both WeChat and Instagram is through communities. I know I've mentioned group chats before, but they are a great way to build community and get your content in front of more eyeballs. Group chats are often much more personal as well, that trust factor than following an account as you must be invited by a friend or owner of the group chat. 
So within the group, you can number one, share your content when it goes live, but don't overdo it, right? Group chats are not a place for you to push your content. They're a place to engage with customers directly and provide value, even if it isn't your content. So forming this kind of community and having people invite others to it, or you being going into someone else's community and being able to share value. You want to reiterate announcements and perks for those following your account. You want to build engagement around relevant topics and questions and use this to develop an even more targeted audience or group chats are also more to do with nurturing. And honestly, we'll dive deeper into this in part two of this podcast, which is airing in two weeks again. So make sure you tune in again. So that is actually all that I have for the attracting and awareness. We have three main tips for just Instagram. I'll reiterate them. Number one is you really want to optimize your hashtags. Make sure you're using different hashtags. Make sure that they're niche for each post and make sure that you're using a nice variety of different sizes of hashtags to make sure that you can get shown as much as possible. You also really want to, you really want to focus on creating shareable content and as well as collaborating with other accounts so that your account and your posts are shared with people beyond your existing reach. And then from WeChat, because WeChat is in such a unique position where they can't even find users themselves. It's all about attracting and it's all about word of mouth. And it's about creating also searchable content. So you really want to focus on providing value, knowing your audience. And this is the same for Instagram. If you are able to create really valuable content, you will draw that audience and they'll be more willing to share your content, right? You can also try to send your followers and potential followers a personal message, ask them what they want, get to know them, and make sure that you give people a reason to stay tuned, whether that's just for when you push content or hosting giveaways, and of course, cross-pollinating your existing platforms so that you keep shouting out your relationship-building platforms as well as your pillar content platforms like I use on LinkedIn. I definitely shout out between the two as well. So I hope that this helped so many multimillionaires that have really just built an entire business on Instagram, just like WeChat is pretty much the entire internet ecosystem of China in terms of everything outside of, well, they're going to live streaming now too. So, and e-commerce, it touches on everything. Instagram will eventually be that as well, at least for the foreseeable future. And it's such a great platform. Even if you don't use this for business, it's so great to be able to catch up with friends in that way because you just see what your friends are up to. And relationship building doesn't need to just be with customers, right? It's with everyone in your life. And I honestly love using Instagram so much. So with that, I have an actual new Instagram for Get World Savvy Podcast. It's at Get World Savvy Podcast. So listeners, definitely follow it. Join the community at Get World Savvy Network on Facebook. And of course, my personal Instagram, I would love to get to know all of you, is at IVXFine. So hope that you guys enjoyed this. See you guys in the next episode. And please make sure that you tune in to the episode in two weeks on nurturing and converting these existing followers into sales. 